0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, presents the VC Show with eight-time NBA All-Star Vince Carter and co-host Roz Gold Onwude, who talk all things basketball with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. That's the VC Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Fox word Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on?
1: Nothing much, man. I don't know how people had a time to watch all the stuff that we need to watch and have opinions on and still have a life. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to need you to teach me how to manage my time how to efficiently and effectively watch nba games and nfl games and read everything and then still record all this stuff and also have time to have fun and be there for friends
0: and family well i gotta say i don't really know that much about how to do the last part like i've got to work on that <laughs> like especially fair. when game theory comes around man uh, i don't so much I, I really don't so much know how to do the first that second part the first part you start figuring out how to pick your spots you know what is gonna matter you know what's not gonna matter but what i don't understand is how people At least pretend to be doing all the watching and be watching all that other TV. That's the part. When I listen to people talk, and I'm like, where do you have the time to do this? It's watching all that other TV. And you know what I (laughs) realized? Most of my watching all that other TV people are married and tired and they don't feel like going nowhere. So they just sit down and watch (laughs) all that other TV.
1: Yeah, I, I can't keep up with all that other TV either. It's just too much for me to have opinions on it and Whatever I think that that might be the the trick though is like you mix in the the family relationship parent time into just watching. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna watch some. You know what, young lady, you like basketball now. <laughs> you know it's what, a, we bought to watch Love Is Blind
0: tonight. It's a date. Like <laughs> that that becomes uh, the interpretation. Now we are gonna get to some NFL, but I'm gonna tell y'all right now we ain't gonna talk about Kyrie. And you know why we're not gonna talk about Kyrie. Because every time I do that, something happened right after, right? Let me tell you what happened on Wednesday. So um, I retweeted a clip of me on Costas' show talking about how I didn't think Kyrie would play another game in the NBA, right? And like I say, my reasons for thinking this are very sensible, okay? Like, or I don't know if I think it anymore, and that's where we'll get to the point, but my reasons for believing that have been very, very sensible, but it sounds like a hot take, Right. And so I had retweeted me saying this on Costas and then the people at Michael K's show saw it. They're like, yo, let's have Bomani on to talk about it. And I like those guys. I've known Peter Rosenberg for fifteen years at this point. Um, known Michael and Don for a while, you know, and I, I trust them enough, right? Like they're not trying to set me up for the ambush. So I'm like, okay, cool. I get on there and of course, heart take. I start seeing newspapers putting mm. blog posts up about it, and it starts bouncing around. I'll be If like two hours later, the Nets say Kyrie might play on Sunday. Well, then I wake up on Thursday and NJ.com is still retweeting me saying that. And I'm like, dog, clearly the news cycle has changed. Clearly something is different than it was before. And so we had that thing happen to us, but we couldn't even put out a damn show on a Friday. (laughs) After we did it twice, because everything always, they want to hit the L1. Every time (laughs) we get in here and start talking about something. So no, 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 no. I still got my Kyrie questions and all of that Mm. stuff. I will ask this, and I didn't ask you about this before. I say we were going to talk about it, but I imagine you've seen it and got a thought about it. Did you see the interview that Kevin Durant did with uh, Chris Haynes? Nope. Okay, so I'll just tell you the part that matters. A couple things that are interesting. I
1: told you I can't keep up with everything, Bomani. I I can't I know,
0: know, but I figured you weren't able to keep up with the other stuff because you had got to this. So, a couple things. One, and granted these were redactions, so I don't know exactly if this was the case, but... No one has ever said the N-word on the record in an interview more than Kevin Durant appeared yeah. to do with Chris Hayes. It was the ultimate level of comfort. Like, when people start talking yeah. about, yo, I can't believe he said that, go look at how many times the redaction fits perfectly if you use the N-word in the <laughs> ways that black people do. And yeah. you will understand. Oh, man, he it was vibes, baby. It was yeah. just vibes. But he had a part there where he said... Um, I think he was trying to make the point about he was talking about the season and how he's enjoying the season, you know, and he says mm-hmm. he really is enjoying it. And he was trying to make a point about just kind of being, you know, the responsibility of being Kevin Durant at this point. And he says, our starting lineup is Royce O'Neal, Edmund Sumner, Nick Claxton, and Joe Harris, right? He's like, no, basically, the only reason you expect us to win anything is because of me, right? It's fair. It's so fair it's yeah. so fair right like this is the real deal of it the only reason you think this team can win any game against an nba team is because they got seven which is what he said right and then they got to man he's being a poor leader and all of these things and i was like i'm sorry i feel very confident that all them dudes including edmund sumner of whom i've never heard yeah Are they my only guess is that he's black I tried to like guess from yeah. the other guys that were in that lineup if he was big or not. I don't really have an answer for <laughs> that either. But he know we don't know who he is. Yeah, no, them cats know who they are. They know it's, the only chance they got to win is because of Kevin Durant.
1: It's such a like we do like um, work analogies with sports, and we do like we analyze how players react and how they behave as if it's a normal work environment. And goodness gracious, that ain't normal. Like it ain't nothing about it. Cause I was just thinking, where else in the world can the most powerful person at a company be a 20-year-old without a college degree who also who also ain't in charge? Right. But it's like expected
0: to kind of be in
1: charge. Yeah. How is that a thing? And then (laughs) we just like throw all this stuff on, like, nah, this is the way you're supposed to do it. Because when I was here and I know how to work with people, you ain't never been in nothing like this. Like, basketball is even different than football. Football has another, like, a more traditional organizational structure and, like, some more rigid, uh, a more rigid culture that, like, you can understand a little better. Like, I have no clue how you can expect or how things have to operate because it has to be different in different places because it's so much based on the personality. Of the star player, and his reaction is so much based on the way we treat him and the way we react to him. Like I, I just don't know how you parachute into these different situations, and people go back and have hindsight about you know where they really messed up was here. They gave him too much power here, or they did. Too, I think it's shut up. You don't nah. know.
0: Like it's 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 weird. Look, even if it wasn't, I'm telling you. They know. You know why? Because if Kevin Durant rolls his ankle and he can't play the next game and they replace him with well, Utah Watanabe, trust me, oh, yeah. them dudes is looking at each other like, fellas, I don't think we're gonna win tonight. <laughs> right? It's and, and, and so are the rest of us, and so yeah. is Vegas, who's making a 12 point spread or whatever right. it happens to be. And like I say, I did I thought and I read it in context, I thought it was fair. I like it maybe some people wind up getting their feelings hurt. But you know what also hurts people's feelings? When you the name on the marquee and you the reason why everybody got a chance here and people don't know it. That hurts your feelings too, right? Like nobody thinks about the feelings of the Kevin Durant in a situation like this. Can you imagine being Kevin Durant and then Royce O'Neal and Nick Claxton come up? All right, big three, let's go. Yeah, there's a there's a measure of respect
1: <laughs> that I demand <laughs> that you yeah. give me for the for the effort and and um, production and the expectation like that's another way of payment. Like it's not just the money. I'm carrying all this pressure. Y'all need to treat me like I'm carrying all this pressure. I feel like the big piece of chicken when you daddy like that's right. the least you could do <laughs> is make sure that when I get home, the big piece of chicken is there. It's just a respect.
0: Yeah. And I have to pretend like it's not like that. <laughs> right yeah. and, and so this is i hadn't planned for us to talk about this as long as we have but this is actually pretty interesting because yeah. sports where you talk about um you know like you know there's other jobs with the 20 year old as the ceo and everything else but there actually is a space like that and that space is entertainment yeah, that's um it. yeah now the thing about entertainment though is the people who are in charge are much more in charge because contracts are shall we say more fluid right and so there's there's all kinds of things that could be done or whatever it is but like doing this show for hbo i actually had to like dial some of this back with people it is very interesting how how hierarchical things are with respect to the talent the talent right Mm -hmm. the talent does not have to pretend like the talent does not know that uh they the reason why we here i think it's better not to throw that in people's faces necessarily right but there's like a clear understanding there. This is what it is. And much talent in television and film obviously flexes the hell out of this, right? I remember when you first started, that was something that you and I talked about. It
1: probably wasn't on air. We probably were just talking, but it was about understanding your role. And like, yeah. I don't think that you realized initially that you essentially are. The Kevin Durant of the situation and everyone is looking to you for how you're going to react, what you're going to say. And every little thing that you say to anyone who's there has a disproportionate impact. And you got to you got to calculate the things that you say and even
0: where you looking during meetings. Right. Correct. But here's the thing. There ain't gonna be no 50-year-old lady holding the door open for Kevin Durant because she right. was about to walk in the door and then saw Kevin Durant coming, and the hierarchy says, because I had to be like, hey, 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 buck stops here. Like <laughs> I'm willing, I'm willing to play around with this stuff here. I'm willing yeah. to let the stylist tie my shoes for me, right? Uh-huh. Like I had to stop putting on my own jacket because I was gonna elbow somebody in the face because yeah. the move is somebody puts your jacket on for you. You know, but like that world. There are all these things that go in that way. And in sports, yes, there are a lot of things like this. But then the expectation from the public is that you're supposed to be like, nah, man, we all the same. Even though everybody knows you not all the same, right? Because if you pretend like that too much in sports, somebody's actually going to start believing that y'all are all the same. Right, yeah. right. You gonna have diff- a Jonathan Kaminga in the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's wild. The difference is though, like
1: the media around it and the engagement around it and the celebrity of the the shoe tires and the coat holders is different in basketball and different in professional sports. Like the 50 year old lady that held the door for you. No one's gonna do a post-game press or post-show press conference with you and ask you how that impacted you. And no one is gonna follow <laughs> her Twitter and, and wonder how it's helping or whatever. Right. And she doesn't have that illusion that she shouldn't hold the door for you. And the, the person who holding your coat is not up here like, hmm, man, if I hold this coat long enough or well enough, eventually. I'm going to be on stage.
0: Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) yes.
1: None of that leaks in. So it's a little, I mean, when I was making the first point, I was thinking like, yeah, show business like that. I imagine Urkel was the man on Family Matters once they finally switched over. But it's still a little different, I guess, for the people that are on stage with you, that matters. And I know I'd read at some point that there was a lot of drama uh, between the stars in that show, because if I remember correctly, Steve wasn't supposed to be the star. No, he it, just showed it, it up.
0: turned out that way.
1: And, and and then everybody like, no, but this was going to be my show. So that yeah. probably is a fair comparison.
0: Yo, I had not thought about that. That's a very, like, I remember the first Urkel episode of Family Matters, right? Because I th- this is where our not too big age difference matters, <laughs> right? Because right? yeah. it's, it's in the flip over point of when you start remembering stuff. Uh And so if you don't remember, Family Matters was a spinoff of a show called Perfect Strangers, which was based around Balky Bartakomous, I believe was his name. And he was, you know, buddy from Beverly Hills Cop, Bronson Pinchot. And they gave him his own show um, where he, you know, people loved the Ellis Island type stories back then. He Uh had just come to America. They would never run this show now ever, just to be clear with that accent and everything else. But anyway, there was a black lady that was an elevator operator in the building, name in his in their in the work building, named Harriet. And then they gave Harriet her own show. I have no idea. I mean, she was like the sa- the the sassy black woman that had like the the peripheral mm-hmm. job. I don't know who at ABC was like, "Yo, we need a black people show. What can we make it about?" But they decided to make it about Harriet and her family. I don't know why. She was married to five O, named Carl Winslow. Hold, which- on, hold
1: on, hold on, and I think the reason why they went with. 5-0 Carl Winslow was because of Die Hard, right? Right, uh, that makes Carl sense. Winslow he was, he was, was the 5-0 with Die, Die Hard, and he, they was like, "Hey, be that guy in yeah. this black show."
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So he's in this show. They got three kids. There's nothing particularly noteworthy about it. And then one day they get the bright idea. Well, let's have an episode where our middle child, Laura, is being pursued by some nerd at school. And it was the virtual equivalent. Uh, we pick somebody up off of waivers. <laughs> like, can you imagine if you got, if you, yeah, if you got Giannis off of waivers, right? Like, all of a sudden, everything. Just, you know what? That's what it was. For the rest of that team, they were Jabari Parker. Right? They thought they was gonna they every one of them thought at some point this was gonna beat a team, and then they went and got this skinny dude from Greece who's out here taking food home from the spread after the game, right? Because he still used to being poor, and then boom, the world is his. And that is exactly what happened with Urville. I had not thought about the beef that people might have, although I feel like y'all was gonna get canceled. Y'all need to be y'all need to be thanking him every day
1: you know that they yes. think that they was like see the problem with this show is when they don't got enough storylines focused around me now, if i was Once they more start more touches leaning in on me they let me work <laughs> let me cook and then steve came in and they was like oh they just gonna let him do it if they gave me that nah, i will put up numbers too and steve was cooking he had to Urkel mm-hmm. dance he was doing everything so, man
0: let let me get some touches right <laughs>
1: Let Heria me get was some mad. her and Carl was in the back, just are just uh gossiping like, Man, I, I can't get more touches. They gotta give me more touches. Yo, you know what <laughs> I would
0: love to see on that or a discussion about is how the Stefan Urkel character came about. Because to me, the Stefan Urkel character came about, it felt very much like uh Jalil White walked into the offices because you know he doesn't from my understanding is his relationship with being Urkel is a little fraught. Yeah. Understandably. Um but he walked in and be like, yo man, I'm trying to be cool. Like, like can Urkel become cool? And I'm like, hell no, Urkel can't become cool. Come on, man. Oh. Right, how about this? This was the compromise. We gonna let you go into a refrigerator or wherever it was that he uh that that he switched spe- you know, switch into Stephon or Kel. Yeah. I'll never forget one. was one of my brother's friends who knew me when I was like nine years old, and then you know he talk on the phone like on even call on Christmas, and I guess I had turned like fourteen or fifteen or something, and he tell my brother, "Yo, man, both went from Steve to Stephon or <laughs> out of nowhere," you know, because the voice changed. But yeah, like that's the that's oh, it. wow. Gosh. What there is no Tom Brady mm-hmm. is like the closest sports analogy that you got except they got drew bledsoe out to paint like football like you say the hierarchy is clear people have a better Mm -hmm. idea of who they are and who they aren't than there is in basketball but this was like everybody that thought they was drew bledsoe was still on the team (laughs)
1: Man, you are Waldo, Geraldo, Faldo. You better get some rebounds <laughs> and kick that thing back to Urkel. <laughs> out here thinking that you deserve some shots.
0: <laughs> no, man, this ain't what oh, it Eddie is. Eddie Winslow ass. <laughs> Eddie Winslow plays like his post-Family Matters life when you think about it. Like he's played Muhammad Ali in something. i try to remember the other thing he played. Uh, At least as far as we know, luckily he did not co-star with that one ex-girlfriend he had because that would have been out there for everybody to see you know what i'm talking about i believe i do and yeah it's only one
1: ex-girlfriend of eddie winslow that i'm aware of yeah the
0: dome yeah exactly yeah Super. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot there's a lot going on there spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days i've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so i can break these skinny allegations i keep getting Peloton all access membership and NBA league pass subscription required. I guess we can get to like talking about uh, NFL action. It's fantastic. It was a very interesting week. I kind of hated that I didn't get to come around and talk to you till now, but there was something that had jumped out to you that I hadn't thought about, but it was a tear filled weekend.
1: Yeah, that was I mean, that's it like dovetails a little bit off of us talking about unique workplaces and that I found myself watching David Carr crying at the podium. I think Van Jefferson. Oh no, Derek Carr. You know, let's be fair to Derek.
0: Let's be fair. Let's be fair. No, no, you're good. You're good. I just feel like, man. Derek, don't you worry. We're not going to let you be slandered like that.
1: <laughs> he, David Carr, Derek Carr. Which one, David Carr? Derek. That's the one we got. Derek. David. David's the one that career got ended because they didn't want to protect for. him. Derek Carr is the one that was crying at the podium. Yes, and Van Jefferson, I saw a clip of him hugging his dad, who was the coach of the Cardinals after they lost, and he's he's out there crying. We got Rivera crying in the locker room. Jeff Saturday was near tears, and I was just thinking about how there are a few things about football that I miss, but that weird like hyper like family environment is something that like away from it now like there are guys that I haven't talked to in decades but in the moment there's nobody I cared about more in the world in certain moments and there's nothing like when something happens in their in their life that matters to them whether it's football or not you feel like incredibly close to them and I was watching these games and just thinking about it because like Ron Rivera and those guys out there playing hard, they won a big game. And Ron's crying because he lost his mother. And 10 years from now, Ron Rivera ain't going to remember half these guys' names. But in that moment, in that locker room, it was nobody that it, it felt like at least. There was nobody in the world that those guys cared about more and wanted to win for more than Ron Rivera and... It's a it's a cool thing to be a part of. And I was thinking, like, in this job that I have and other jobs that I've had. The emotional swings are never that big. Like, I cannot imagine a situation where me and you are crying and hugging after a good show. Like, we just we just had a great show. No matter what's going on in either our lives, it's not going to be like and it's I don't know. it's, It's not like that in basketball. It's not like that any anywhere else. I wonder if it's part because of like the violence of the game and like the how consequential each game is that it feels like every game feels like a major life event
0: yeah well you have to really really care to play football like (laughs) you can kind of be into basketball you know what i'm saying like yeah this is my bag this is what i do but like you really have to care and honestly like comparing that job to the one that we do now football players just got to work so hard like in every way when and when you add in the whole pain factor, right? Like the whole I'm actually being hit while I do this, you see with your own eyes how hard everybody is working on a regular basis. And I feel like the mutual respect game has to be a little bit different, um, in that regard. And the stakes are so high. Like with Derek Carr, I feel like an understated part of this season is he's playing for his job slash career. Like, this is the mm-hmm. last season that the Raiders have to keep him. They brought in a coach. I mean, this is the second time they brought in a coach slash GM situation that did not choose him. He's playing for all of it. And if we've seen anything about Derek Carr, man, he just seemed like a real good dude. You yeah. know what I mean? And so he wants it for these other cats and everything else. And so, yeah, like, he's going to be the guy that I could see, you know, crying. Like, with uh, Van Jefferson, because that's uh, Sean Jefferson's son, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so Sean Jefferson, who was drafted by the Houston Oilers when I was a kid, I want to say he was like an 8th or ninth round pick. Like, that was back when you did that, and so he barely got to the league, and his son probably wasn't like no 5-star recruit or nothing like that. Like, they both know what it took for him to wind up getting there. Yeah. And now they there together? Like, yeah. you know, football, everybody talks about that whole, oh, man, it's okay for men to cry. No one has ever thought that it wasn't okay for men to cry. It's about what we've determined it's okay for men to cry about. Right? so like, true. Like, something like this, nobody's ever been out there calling a man a punk or a sucker behind that, right? Like, you may feel like that at a funeral because you feel like you got to be there for everybody else. But nobody's been like, man, that dude's mama died. He's just sitting out there crying like a little girl. <laughs> You know, nobody's doing that. Yeah, nobody's doing that. Fair. By the way, me saying like a little girl is an impression of an ignorant person is not yeah. me saying that that is the comparison. But nobody's doing that, I don't think. So like in these situations, especially with football players, because y'all got crazy people. Yeah. And crazy people do cry. And like often when they fight, like yeah. I feel like it's a bit more normalized in your <sighs> hyper intense world.
1: I'm sure we've all seen that the crazy dude in your high school is getting so angry that he tear up for he snap and haul off and whoop somebody yes. ass. Like, um, I don't I don't know if they still do this, but like they had like a special ed um thing where they separate the kids in my high school. And there was like some kids that is I, I would assume that they figure out a better way to do this, but they had one room in the basement. Mm-hmm. and when whenever we would go by that room, or no, and they would, like, try to integrate them into, like, specials and other classes, so, like, we knew them, and we would do things with them, and, but we all were kind of aware that some of those kids uh, had, like, some behavioral concerns, but once they started crying, that was, like, <laughs> a, an alert to all of us that, in and those of us who would make jokes or whatever, the jokes must stop because this is not a game anymore, and, uh, The comparison that I'm looking for and like this, it's a bad comparison to ever compare anything to like the military or war or anything like that. But like, I don't I just been trying to rack my mind for like another occupation that the stakes are very high. And of course, football, the stakes are not that high, except sometimes it feels like it is. But where the stakes are that high every week and that like creates. I it was a book I think I read a long time ago that talked about um, how those high stress situations. It's like if you want to make a woman fall in love with you, you gotta take her skydiving on the first date. Uh-huh. Like high stress situations, and it wasn't like some pickup artist book. The book was about a bunch of other stuff, but that was a point that they were making about emotional, uh, like the availability of you to make a connection with somebody when you're emotional situation. Part of that is the reason why training camp is so damn hard. Because you're trying to you're trying to bind the team together through this tough situation. And I think every week, like you mentioned, basketball, you can just happen to be 6'10 with good feet and you're gonna be all right at NBA. Football, you got to like be fully committed throughout for most positions. And also I throw in there your thing about the crazy people. There's a sorting process in every occupation that when you get to the top level, it like the way the things that you have to do in that job. And I get like basketball's another good example. Yeah. There's gonna be a higher proportion of tall people in the NBA than any other yes. occupation. In football, there's
0: yes. going to be a higher distribution of crazy moths. You know why? Because <laughs> somebody was like, yo, we gotta put this crazy to good use. Like we don't find if we don't find a way to let this boy channel yeah. this crazy, we'll never get anything done in class, right? Um, like, <laughs> like that's the move. And I would say I don't have a problem with most comparisons of football in the military. This is why. It's not saying that winning a football game is as important as winning a war, though I do think that this comparison could lead to an interesting discussion of how important war is and why, right? Mm -hmm. But you can get killed playing football, Okay, somebody doesn't look out for you you may not get killed but you might wish that you were dead like the difference is in one place we presume that bullets are flying at you in the other place 250 pound men who run 40 yards in (laughs) 4.5 seconds which while perhaps not as lethal as a bullet still something that you have to think about the ways that players and like the management style is very much so akin to yeah. the military and I imagine a lot of the football coaches that you had were people who came from the military and what they learned about structure in order in management in organization is stuff that comes down from the military people just say well we don't want to do that reflexively because you know the military is like the most ordained yeah. body that we have in our society and that we look at them that way but no like people do try to make football into the military Again, not to say that the purpose of football is as important as the purpose of the military, but yeah. what it is is not much different. Yeah, my dad did
1: twenty years in the military. My first football coach, Coach Marvin, would wear his fatigues to practice. This foot uh, military like thought is like deeply ingrained in football. And to your point the again and we're comparing football and basketball a lot we can go baseball we can go any other sport but where is there another sport where you have to trust somebody with your health to the degree that you have to in football and it's not just like all right if the left tackle thinks it's a run play but it's a pass play your quarterback he gonna be hurting like that's that's a level of trust but it's also like other positions when i'm playing nickel if the if they do, do not run the proper stunt, a 310-pound man is coming right for me. And I can't do nothing about it but go head up with them. Like there is a level of dependence on other people for your your well-being. And it's like, I guess for like LeBron, it's like, all right, you need the people around you to play well so that your legacy is properly uh remembered because you can win enough championships. But in football, I need y'all to play well so I don't die. Yeah, like I need y'all to play well so that I don't I don't tear something and never get to my money. I need y'all to play well so that like I can walk around with my head held high. As a cornerback, there is nothing worse than getting scored on and cover too, because your safety got nosy. Cause what you can't do is say, nah, what happened was my safety got nosy. You gotta walk around the streets and be like, Yeah, happens, it's tough. We gonna, we gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep fighting. You know, <laughs> like that's that's the way that it works.
0: Yeah, no, nah, man. This is yeah, you you came up in an interesting world there uh Mr. Foxworth. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's that that's my thought every time we start talking football stuff. I'm like, "Oh man, you came up um in Kuwait, the yeah, interesting um, world."
1: I'm sorry. I didn't know if you was about to transition, but before nah. you
0: transition off of that, I wanted
1: to point out like I had a uh, a conversation the point you said came up in an interesting world just like brings me back to like thinking about my how close I was to like bad and like how my career was not probably that unique. So like I had a practice in college where one of our receivers got helicoptered off uh, in a practice and we moved it down 10 yards and kept playing. I had um, during training camp, one of our linemen passed out in college. They put that man on the back of one of them Gator four wheelers and took him away. We kept practicing. Uh, I played in, one of the guys, Adam Telefero, was a guy at um, Penn, State. Penn State's football camp who, like, became a friend of mine, and then he got paralyzed in the game. I was playing in the Kevin Everett game. In Buffalo, when he got paralyzed, my teammate got shot and killed in a nightclub when I was in Denver. Another teammate had a heart condition and died in Denver. Preseason game in Denver, we were playing against San Francisco, and they had a lineman go off the field into the locker room. And after the game, he never came out. I don't remember exactly what happened because I was focused on trying to make the roster, but he had some sort of condition and died in there. And I'm talking... And and like at no point throughout all of this, and all these things happening, at no point was I like, this is weird.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, they're this this right. Know, you know, uh, Brandon Siler. Mm. All right, Brandon Siler. He uh went to Florida, played linebacker. Uh, I want to say he played for the Rams and he played for the Chiefs. I did an event with him and uh Tequio Spikes in Atlanta about a month ago and while we were shooting he told the story he had told us on the bus before we went out there and I was glad he told it um on camera because I'm like oh okay now I can say this he was Javon Belcher's backup in Kansas City right and for those of you who don't remember the story with Javon Belcher Javon Belcher um killed his girlfriend or wife I can't remember which killed her comes to work he wants to see his coaches right and ultimately killed himself in the parking lot and apparently romeo cornell who was the head coach at gary gibbs who was either defense coordinator linebacker coach i can't remember which they knew he was coming and they met him in the parking lot right and they say he shows up he's covered in blood you know from what's going on and he wants to like to thank them and all of that stuff because he's about to you know he says he's about to kill himself and um they said to him well if you do that who's going to take care of your kid and that was the thing that gave him pause. But then the sirens came. The cops showed up. He said, it's too late. And those men stood out there and they watched him um, mm-hmm. as he killed himself. Brandon said that Sunday came around, because I think this happened on Saturday. He said Sunday came around. He walked in that locker room and everywhere it said Belcher. They just scratched that out and put his name in there. Mm-hmm. They moved, ten, moved moved 10 yards over. Yep. and and, yep. and and the game kept going they just literally scratch it out put a new name in we gonna keep on rolling
1: i mean it's a it's interesting that we ended up here uh, like in the same week as the a very different situation the uh virginia stuff and like Ooh. it's I, a friend of mine a college teammate of mine is a coach down there so i talked to him for a little bit uh, not about the details of the case but uh, uh, of the situation but more about like how he's dealing with it and it's, it's, I mean this ties back to one of the first points we were talking about is like how those bonds are so tight and how when good things happen or bad things happen to somebody who's on your team it feels like family like it feels like family and I was talking to him and he's like yeah I feel like I lost like brothers I feel like I lost like sons like these are while I he he's a college coach so he ain't known them forever but they spend so much time together and they go through so many things that are challenging together and they feel so isolated I think anybody who's ever been and not even just a racial minority but anybody who's been like Isolate in a situation or a minority in a situation how tightly the other person like you you cling to like that's kind of what it feels like at college because you're on campus and everybody else is a college kid you an employee but the employees don't treat you like an employee and the the kids around don't treat you like uh like you a kid like them your schedule is not like that everything is different it's it's better in some ways it's worse in a lot of ways but the fact of the matter is you get really tight with them people because you live with them you work with them, you bleed with them, you fight with them and like you get into trouble with them. Like all the stuff that you see in movies, <laughs> you know, like how people build relationships, like it is, it's it's on steroids on a college campus. And then for something like that to happen, just it's gotta be
0: terrible. Yeah. like. And I've tried to keep up on this. I have not seen any particular details that provide an explanation for what happened. The closest I saw was that they said they had a witness who said that the dude wasn't just shooting indiscriminately. He was, you know, looking like he, he had targets. He had people that he was going on, which is wild. Cause it was a class trip to DC. All right. Apparently, you know, where this go. you know, when all this goes down and He was a walk-on football player who didn't appear to still be on the team, but had been a walk-on football player, and he shot three football players. And so, like, when you talk about his one thing, going through everything and everything that, you know, comes with it in the bonds, but even if that dude wasn't on the team anymore, that dude was on the team. You know, like, what, what brought this to this point? And, you know, again, this one was a bit surprising in the sense that they brought him in alive. Like, I do not expect, after somebody shoots five people in a situation like that, that ain't somebody that want to live. Like that. That's not. That's not the way that I receive it off the rip when somebody does something like that. And and he's in. You know. He, he. You know. They. They. They brought him in. They arraigned him. They did all of this. But when they get to the bottom of this, I'm very. You know. Not to take away from the tragedy with curiosity, but I do want to know. Like, how did we get here with this guy in this team and this situation where you felt that you had to take it here, and apparently he had his gun and he had been. You know, got caught up with the gun before and all of this other stuff. And man, I just I couldn't imagine. Like when they finally got around to saying that they were canceling the game against Coastal Carolina, I'm like, hey man, y'all could have said that the with the news flash that the shootings had taken place. Y'all weren't playing no damn football game. They wouldn't have been able, if that had happened in an NFL team, they wouldn't have been able to play the Super Bowl. If this had happened in the college football playoff week, we not playing that neither. Like, that just can't even be a thought, no matter how much money we talking about. If it had been Virginia, Virginia Tech week, I don't know what they would have done. Like, lucky for them, it was Coastal Carolina, so they could just do it. But no, man, this wasn't going to happen.
1: Yeah, the, I I mean, I'm assuming that mental health is going to probably explain some of this, but it never can explain it all but yeah i'm with you i have no idea and like i mentioned my man was hurting i wasn't trying to hit him up for no information to figure out what was going on when i talked to him he just i just was trying to i don't know be there to whatever degree that i can
0: hey man i'm gonna tell you this part on that story too and i don't one might argue i'm leaning into stereotypes here but i don't think it's the kind of stereotype that people will mind though some people might and i will understand but i will admit that i had this thought when i watched the press conference with um tony elliott the head coach and the athletic director i was like i am kind of glad we got a black woman on the case here Mm -hmm. because virginia's athletic director is a black woman and i say that just because i do think and if i'm wrong i'm wrong i think that women by and large demonstrate a bit more emotional intelligence at these things and i think the inclination to just keep on pushing that men have kind of been programmed with by this society, you're more likely to have a woman in that position to be like, hey, let's make sure everybody's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Let's make sure this person is feeling this. Let's make sure this person is taken care of whatever it is, right? This is not a situation that I personally would want a bunch of dudes to be the ones to try to figure out what it is that we are gonna do next, right? Like I'm saying, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm stepping out of line, you know, please let me know. I'm willing to own any mistake I'm making here. But I did see her and I was like, Okay, well that that's 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 better to see. No, I don't expect black women to fix all of the world's problems, but if there's a problem, I am kind of (laughs) feeling pretty good that that black woman was right there. It happens to be her job, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't got nothing to add to that, but I agree. (laughs) So we got to come back and do a Fox or Friday apology edition. Yeah, we got to do it. it, We got to do it, but I, I think most people would. I mean, a bunch of men doing anything is normally a recipe for, for a disaster. But I do think in this situation, you're right. Our instinct is, I mean, instinct's probably the wrong word, but the the general move is like push through. And all the stories that I told, the the kicker and all the stories that I told was the response every time was, we just got to push through. We yeah. just got to scratch them names out and keep working. Yeah. Like, that ain't always the answer.
0: I ain't gonna lie, man. My therapist uh, is a black woman, but I had somewhere I did a couple sessions with this dude one time, and I was ready to fight him. It was not. <laughs> I did not. I didn't, I didn't find his approach to be at all uh, what I was looking for in this. It was kind of like, yo, man, who are you talking to like that? That ain't even. That ain't even what I said, bro.
1: You know? Well, he was just a suck it up guy, just like.
0: No, no, no. It wasn't. It's, a, it's a, He misunderstood something. But whatever it was, oh, okay. I was just kind of like. Hey, man, I feel like I'm over here owning what my culpability might be, and you ain't taking accountability for none of the mistakes that you have clearly made in the last five minutes. Yeah, it got a little tough. Got a little tough. We, we got any interesting games this week? Because I've been looking at the the last couple of weeks, man. The NFL has yeah. given us booty football.
1: I mean, I think. well, bo- well you,
0: Booty games. The slates have yeah. not been good. The football, okay enough. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Fox or Friday, so we don't care about the Thursday
1: night game. But I think Cowboys Vikings is a game. That's oh, that's going right. To be, it's going to be interesting. That's like the one this week. Um, and then next week, we're going to be forced to talk about uh, Deshaun Watson's return. But if there's one game... That matters this week, I think, is Cowboys-Vikings.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot. And we got uh, the Patriots and the Jets. Hey, man, I want to send a shout-out to the Giants and the Jets because the thing about living in New York is you got to get their football games, right? They put them on and for five years. That was whack. Now, man, they be putting them both on at 1 o'clock, and I don't even necessarily know which game I want to watch sometimes. Like, you know, they play in the Lions. The Giants playing the Lions this week, so I ain't really uh, so much worried about that one. Oh wow we got a misery bowl though the Raiders and the Broncos is gonna Ooh. be real terrible for whoever <laughs> uh loses that game <sighs> I will not want to be on the team that has that hey man but what gonna happen if uh our man Jeff pulls out a win over your over your uh eight and one Philadelphia Eagles
1: I mean that's the only time I'm gonna have to root against the Eagles <laughs> because I I need I need Jeff to go undefeated and win Coach of the Year just for the comedic <laughs> purposes. It's gonna be bad for my liver because I got smacked after my man Jeff won his first game <laughs> just by myself. Happy calling him, celebrating. He was I was just so happy for him. I, I mean, there's really no chance that they're gonna win this game. Other than it is just because football sometimes football happens, but they are not comparable. Uh, in
0: any respect but i hope they win we'll see Dominique, do people recognize that there is in fact a possibility that the indianapolis well i guess they can't i was gonna say they could go to the playoffs except i think the titans are probably too good although however long they got to keep trying malik willis out there there's really no telling exactly how that part uh, i think
1: we got Tannehill back
0: this week oh you do okay i mean like he ain't never found nothing he could mess up yeah, they are. Oh, they're wow. only
1: four and five. They're not. The Colts aren't terrible, and I picked the Colts to win the division at the beginning of the year. So like, they are not bereft of talent. They got some like all pro level guys and uh, Shaq Leonard and
0: Stefan well, Gilmore. Got him in no more. I forgot about that. Yeah, he just yeah. had to back. I got to keep. I got to snap back into he Shaq now. I got to remember that he's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not Darius anymore. And and just so you guys know, Shaq was always his name. He didn't. He didn't go Muslim you know what I'm saying, and like flip up the situation. Their schedule will get a little monstrous, though. They got the Eagles, then they get to play the Steelers, but after that, at the Cowboys, at the Vikings, home for the Chargers, at the Giants, but at least they get to go out on a pleasant note because there's nothing that the Indianapolis Colts have loved more in the last 20 years than playing against the Houston Texans. Even that year when they started off like 0-13 or whatever it was, they went out there and they beat a Texas team that, as I recall, went to the playoffs. With Dan Orlowski.
1: Oh, Oh, Dan got that win.
0: Dan got that win. Those two wins they got that year were Dan's.
1: Oh, Oh. congratulations, Dan. They give him a hard time for running out the end zone. We'll never celebrate him. The man made it to the damn NFL, won some games as a starting quarterback. Who cares? He got a safety. Yes. The man got a couple wins. It's like Jeff Saturday.
0: (laughs) Jeff Saturday, man. Like that, they would, if they, if they, like, let's say this is not going to happen. It's just not possible with the talent but they got, I'm counting, seven games left. If they go three and four in those seven games, that would wildly exceed any expectation that I had. Also of note, it's what I think Frank Reich would have done. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Oh,
0: man. He gonna get that job, too. I'm happy for him, man. I hope yeah. it works out. I, mean, yeah, I, I guess as long as he doesn't it, wear it, his pants, it, it, he'll get that job.
1: Yeah, they, they want him. It seems like Jim Irsay wants him to do it. Either way, it's a win-win for him. Get him a little fat check, raise his profile if he want to come back to this stuff, if things don't work out, or mess around and be a head coach of an NFL football team. That's
0: just crazy, it's still crazy as hell to me. Yeah. To think this, about. The, this is the only thing I'll say, though. If Jeff actually wanted to be an NFL head coach, he'd have been somebody's offensive line coach right now. Like, I feel like Jeff Saturday could have walked off the field and said, I want to be an offensive line coach. And somebody would have given him a coach, the offensive line job right away. That was not what he felt like doing. And so we'll I'm curious to see as this goes for him. We keep talking about, you know, whether he'll keep the job. I want to see whether he'll want the job like they can win some games and all of that stuff. But he could look around and just be like, hey, man, this ain't the life I want.
1: That's fair. Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff, like money there i i I know i know jeff a little better than most people know jeff and like all the stuff that you see jeff doing is real it's genuine it's not like he's not like a fake religious guy he's not um like a fake relationship guy all that stuff is real and genuine but don't nobody ask him no questions about money so (laughs) y'all don't know how, how many businesses jeff's involved in how often jeff be asking me about investments jeff like money so <laughs> if they will going to pay him NFL head coach money, he's going to figure out this lifestyle.
0: Hey, man, there we go. We'll see how that goes. But, hey, that is Dominique Foxworth. Check him out on Get Up. Check him out on First, Kate. First Take. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. Check him out on the Dominique Foxworth Show. Download the podcast. My man, I appreciate it as always.
1: Me too. Thank you.
0: No problem, Matt. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Remember, call the voicemail line, 860-516-4119. Tell us about that first time that you went and spent Thanksgiving at a home from, shall we say, a culture different from your own. I'm sure you have a great story about that. Want to hear from y'all too, white people. 860-516-4119. Dan Stancic, Parker Owens, Adi Khan handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We will be awed on Monday, but Wednesday and Friday next week we will not. So I don't want to hear your complaints. Take it easy.